When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listeners, welcome to a new episode of the Partido Partido podcast where we talk everything a lady. So it's been a while since we recorded, and that's due to me being very busy. But I'm back now, and this episode, um, I really we now have a date which you can listen to our show, which will be every Saturday morning where we release our new episodes. So joining me to talk about all what has happened within the last month is Kelf. Kelf, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. I'm sure you are so excited for Brighton's yesterday win at their Ryan Croft Arena in Holland. Absolutely. Fantastic result. Well, you guys had a great result and so was Aliti in the Champions League. And since we last recorded, Aliti lose, which was after the game in the Champions League against Lazio, where Aliti drew from a late-minute equalizer from the Lazio goalkeeper, which was kind of heartbreaking, and that came after the very, very poor performance against Valencia, which was a 3-0 defeat for us. And Cholo came out to say that um, that was basically the worst match in his tenure at Aleti. And since then, Aleti went on to win six league games in a row before losing to Las Palmas. And then in the Champions League, Aleti are kind of sitting comfortably after beating Fener 3-2 at home drawing two to a Celtic pack and then trashing Celtic at home thanks to Antoine Griezmann's form and also Celtic playing with 10 men kind of made things easy for us. And all of that performance have led to Cholo signing a new contract to 2027. So being an Aleti fan at the moment is kind of great because you have the assurance of Cholo staying for long, for more years, which is kind of great given Aleti are not the best, most well-run club. And then you also have him taking the 30% reduction in the new contract he signed, which is kind of also great because it kind of helps the club financially and the rest. So, Kelf, uh, what's your opinion on Cholo signing and increasing his contract for two more years at Aleti? Yeah, I mean, it's, as you said, it's fantastic news. It's, uh, it's uh, definitely been deserved for what he's done, especially after the, the World Cup. Last year, as you said, the reduction is a is a massive financial um, help to you guys. Maybe the, maybe that money can 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 go in towards 
getting an extra signing or two that we know that he wanted in, in the summer. So, yeah, I mean, it's all great news. It, it kills rumours in terms of if he might go, if he... I mean, I, I don't think there was any any real um, worry that he may leave, but but that, that continuity, it seems like the club are... There seems to be a, a better link in terms of what the club want and what he wants. They seem to be uh, more on the same page, so that can only mean a benefit for you guys. And and, and as you said, you've made a, a fantastic start to the season. Yeah, Kelv, it's been great because, um, like you mentioned, after the World Cup, you are kind of have done fortunes for Aleti because before the World Cup, we were really bad. And then you have all the rumours, like, this is finally the moment where Diego Simeon leaves Aleti. But after the World Cup, it's like he reinvented himself. He kind of maybe looked at um, the title winning squad of 2021. And then he said, well, let's do something similar where you had the key players like him also cheap here, okay, playing as a pivot. And then you have um, the strike partnership of Torres and Felix, and he's kind of replicated something similar, but now with more rotations, more fluidity, and which has been very, very great. And Aleti came into the season after having a very, very great second half of the season, which were, they were actually the best team in the second half of the season. And I might be wrong, but I just felt like if we did not lose the game at the Camp Nou, against Barca, then maybe we would have given them a run for their money for the title last season. But, well, it happens. And coming to the season, you had a lot of expectation, given how Aleti had in the season. And many people were like, are we going to see that form creep into this season? Because you can recall from the COVID period where Aleti had a fantastic second half of the season, and that was kind of the reinvention of Marcus Laurenti. And then Aleti entered into the 2020-21 season, and then you have us doing very well at the start of the season. And then going on to win the league. So kind of had similar expectations and you also had expectations where Cholo talked about the fact that he has given Morata like it's a you can say that a goal to maybe score 18 league goals and we have seen Morata on fine form is already on 12 goals for the season, which in all competition for Aliti, not counting that of Spain because he has also been fantastic with the Spanish national team. So Kelvin the question is um, what do you think um Aleti, Aleti can achieve at this season? Because it looks like at the moment we may have a four-horse race, given that Gironda can actually stay in the title race because their form has been excellent. Taking 31 points from 36 is really, really good. That's very good. They have just blocked everyone. Yeah, as, as you said, they've been they've been um, fantastic. Michel's doing well, an outstanding job. There's no other way to to answer that. I mean, in terms of what you guys are doing, but you're doing what I expected you would do at the start of the season. You're in a you're in the title race for sure because since you've won the title you've not been really. Um since you won the title as you mentioned in, in twenty twenty one you've not really been anywhere near that consistent level to challenge for it, which you are now. And you're top of your Champions League group, you're almost certainly, in my opinion, gonna go through and we'll have to see what happens. But I, I think you can do something in the Champions League maybe even a semi-final. You've got the squad for it. Um, of course, you need a little bit of luck with, with the draw and a bit of luck if, um, avoiding injuries to a, a number of key players. But there's nothing to suggest that you're not going to maintain this through the season. You're definitely going to be up there. You're probably even my favourites now to win La Liga. Um, 
and I think you could do something in the Champions mm. League. And and uh, and the other thing I would say in the last couple of years you've been poor is I think there has to be a better showing in the Copa del Rey. Athletic's performances in the Copa del Rey have been yeah, nowhere sure, near. Sure. I know last year's a little bit different because um, if my memory serves me right, you were eliminated. Was it by Ralph Sochet or was that the year before? Um, no, that was the year before. By Real Madrid last year. Antonio. So, so yeah, that has to be up. But, but of course, last year, when it's Real Madrid in particular, I think it might have been away from, from home. It would have, it, Of course, that's never an easy place to go for any style in the world. But, um, but if you can challenge for it, maybe even win it, then it adds to it. But you're definitely going to be competitive for every tournament that you're in, whether that's La Liga, the Supercopa, the Copa del Rey and the Champions League. Um, I think you'll win at least one of them. Maybe two, but I think you'll win at least one of them. Because I think you've got the squad. You've got a squad that's experienced what a number of players are experienced in doing it. You've got a coach that's done... If I talk about La Liga, you've got a coach that's done it twice before. You've won the Copa once in his period in um, famously at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid in 2013, um, believe it, 10 years ago now. So, um, yeah, you're going to be competitive through the whole season. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really positive that you guys are going to have a fantastic end to, to the season. Well, that's a lot of optimism coming from you, Kelvin. I think most Aliti fans at the moment feel same. Like in previous episodes, which you recorded, Moleo uh, Simo. Emiliano, he came on the show and he was like, well, if Morata can score 18-plus goals, then we can win two trophies, which is basically the same thing you are saying. And I would love for us to win the Copa del Rey because that is the trophy which I can say kick-started the era of Cholismo. It's true we won the Europa League the year before, but winning that 2013 Copa del Rey at the Bernabeu kind of turned things because it changed the mentality within the club. Is I think it was 24 years without beating them and doing that in their home. Oof, that was fantastic. So... <laughs> Hopefully, um, we can do absolutely. I would take that every year. So hopefully, um, we can do same this season. And like you said, um, we have a good squad which can achieve um so much this season. And if we can uh, maybe skip stay fit, you know, like for example, have a lot of players fit. For example, Memphis have not played a lot, and we have Lema out for a while. But we at the start of the season we went through a really 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 rough patch with injuries with Koke out with Depaul with Soyuncu, but we kind of weathered that storm and now it looks like most of them are coming back, which is great. And from there, we can kind of ride on. So, Kelv, it's true, uh, Maliti has had a good start to the season, but now there's an issue because you have that 3-0 defeat against Valencia, which I mentioned before, that came away from home. And then um, you have the defeat against Las Palmas, away from home. And then you have Aleti on a 16-game winning streak in all competition, and I think it should be 14 in La Liga, and you are like, wow, these guys at home, Aleti are a different beast. But away from home, not so much because if you can recall the performance against Osasuna, which we won 2-0, but the scoreline suggests something else because that game was not very comfortable. And then you also have other performances away from home which have not been good. That of Rai was excellent. You have that against Betis because Aleti have failed to score in just two games this season and it's been away at the Benito Villa Marine and away at um, Mestaya with the 3-0 against Valencia. So... Kevin, you watch Aleti home and away, you kind of see two different performances. But that against Las Palmas, I believe um, it was an okay performance. It was not as bad as bad as that. 
against Valencia. It was not as bad as that against Osasuna. So, Kelf, what do you think is the issue for Aleti? Because you look at the statistics at home and away from home. At home, Aleti has out XG. That means they have created better quality chances than their opponents at home. But away from home, you have the opponents creating better quality chances than Aleti. And what do you think that goes? That is what is the issue? Well, um, he doesn't change the lineup or the system really. So the, the only real answer I can give is is, is mentality. Um, of course, it's it's a double-edged sword because when you when you go away from home, the opposition you're playing will attack you more normally because they're they're the home side. So um, so you can expect that a bit, but with the quality you've got. Even though these are places that are difficult to go to, Osasuna is never easy to go to. Mestalla and and Valencia is never easy to never easy to go to. Um, but for me, it's just more a mentality thing. You know, when you look at um, other big sides, if we take uh, Man City as a Premier League example, Real Madrid, Barcelona, when when they're at it, their mentality doesn't change from home to away. And that's something that I'm, I'm sure Atleti are, are, are working on to, to be like, it doesn't matter whether we play at home, we're away. This is what we do. We can press high, be aggressive in, in midfield. And, and as you said, do a lot of the things that you guys do. have done so well at home to have the longest unbeaten run in, in your club's history. Yeah, Kev, um, like you mentioned, it can be a mentality issue because like you have said, we go away from home, so we kind of maybe expect the opponent to kind of um, attack more, which, and you know, Cholo's nature, which is basically defending and then counter-attacking. Like he mentioned before the Celtic game about the importance of keeping a clean sheet and then scoring the goal and you win the game. So maybe it's down to how the team thinks. But like I mentioned, the, the away performance against Las Palmas was kind of good. It's true that we struggled against Las Palmas, especially through the build-up, but there were moments where you could see that Aleti that we have seen since the start of the year where they could play their way through Las Palmas' press and then create quality chances like that of Rikelmi but I think like you tweeted um, Aleti's reaction kind of came late when we were already two goals down and we were kind of looking for the goal and in that game I think we created the better chances but Las Palmas kind of were the better team because they controlled the game they made us have the ball where in positions where we do not want to have so hopefully the mentality away from home changes because I think that will be key for us in winning La Liga this season or even going far in Europe because our home form is really, really, really good. So Kevin, moving on to talk about um, some of the tactics that uh, has happened at Aleti this season. So we'll start with the in-possession. So Kevin, um, Aleti have gone with a similar thing to what they use, a similar setup to what they use um, in the title winning season where it was a 3-5-2 with him also playing as a left centre-back and kind of orchestrating the build-up. Koke as a holding midfielder, like I mentioned before. So, Kelf, um, talking about that, um, the way Aleti plays kind of um, depending on who plays, because on who plays where. Because if you have Koke or um, Barrios as um, the holding midfielder and Depot plays, you kind of have maybe a 3-2-5 in possession where you have a double pivot. But now, if neither Depot plays and then you have Koke as a little pivot. So, how do you think that is, and don't you think that is a lot of risk taking? Because if you look at the rest defense, especially when the ball does not play, at least maybe have three and just a single holding midfielder, and that's kind of deadly. Because we have seen in games where opponents have targeted the space behind Koke, like that against Las Palmas and that against Fairnight. 
Yeah, I mean, um, as you said, um, um, in the setup in the in, in the three two five that that you've mentioned, it's uh, it can be it can be risky to to have. Let's say you know when Coque's alone, and it's like uh, maybe Llorente and Saul for whatever or or or, or whoever it is. Um, but you know, um, I believe that um, that you guys have played well. You've used the ball well. I think when DePaul plays with Coque, that that's your bet in terms of keeping and using and progressing the ball through through midfield. That's your best maybe combination as in there. I, I know a lot of the times in terms of out of possession, Cholo wants wants uh, well from what I see, he wants Koke on his own because the extra midfielder gives you the opportunity to press press higher. But um but I think it went but yeah to, to Paul's improvement in the team is has come with these changes as well for the fact that you're keeping the ball more, you're using the ball better, that it gets the best out of to Paul, who's a player that I really, really like. Um, I know he's not massively, uh, maybe the most popular with with, with uh, the Atleti fans, but I think he can play an important role. And and Atleti play better, in my opinion. You guys play better when he's on the pitch. So it's just about, you know, it's about finding the balance. It's about looking at the opposition and going, yeah, do we need another one of the other guys to to, to press higher? And leave Koke alone, or or look at the opposition and go. Actually, no, Koke needs a bit of help with this one because, as you said, the opposition's uh, whether it's Les Palmas, Feyenoord. I think Osasuna did this to a degree on on a couple of occasions with uh, with Omar Oroz, where they just find the space either side of him because Koke can't cover everything. So, but but yeah. Um... So, Kelv, um, talking about Atleti's in possession, obviously, Koke is a very, very uh, vital piece for Atleti. And um, like you said, um, what Atleti having more of the ball and the pause improvement and also introduction into the team where he has now nailed down his role as a starter and he plays majority of the games has meant that we are seeing a better version of Atleti. Now, Kelv, um, you've noticed that um, when... The ball plays, you have now a 3-5, sorry, a 3-2-5. And when he doesn't play, you have a 3-1-6. And how do you, um, I think that has been key. Or like I mentioned, having Koke or maybe having more players in the attacking zones is the reason why Aleti are not struggling against the deep block teams. Because we can recall the season after the third update, we can recall the 2021-22 season where you have Aleti struggling against deep blocks and then teams are killing us on the counter with lots of space in midfield for Koke to maybe cover, but now you are seeing a little like the game against Cadiz where we were two nil down and we came to win the game three two. Which and Cadiz, you know, playing against Cadiz, one of the best teams when it comes to defending a low block, but we do not have a lot of struggles against them given our wide rotations on the right, our um, also rotations on the left, and now you have that partnership of Lino and Saul, and also you have now the Griezmann kind of having a free role. So you have kind of have a Manaliti team who kind of enjoy against um, playing no matter the position. If you press high, if you press, if you sit in the mid block or in the deep block, we kind of uh, find a lot of success playing against any type of opponent, which is a reason for our success. 
what do you think is actually the key or what do you think is the reason why Aletia no longer struggle against um, the block team? Is it just the having maybe six or five players in the attacking line trying to stretch the back, the, um, the defensive line or maybe the wing backs? Yeah, I mean, um, everything you've mentioned is is valid. You know, have it, when you play a, a back three, that probably the, the the key the key thing really is is to get the wing backs high because if they're if they're forced back, then you have no width really. So, and 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 you guys have got fantastic wing. Molina's been since this change to the back three. Molina's been absolutely brilliant, and then you've got the situation as you said on the left. You've got Lino Raquel May. I think if he was given a run in the team, Javi Galan would could show his quality. And I think it's partly down to, to numbers. I think the big the biggest thing you do and, and not a lot not enough teams do it now is you guys you've always got someone consistently making runs in behind, whether it's Maratta, whether it's um Alino or Raquel May when the ball's on the right side and you switch it. You switch it quickly. It can be Saul when he plays. It can be Llorente when he plays. Griezmann can do it, but it's not his strength. His strength is to is to have that free role, as you said, to go wherever he wants, really. So, so you've got the whip from the full-backs. You've got, that, you've got the midfielder on their side helping provide the overload. You've even got the centre-back on that side. I mean, Aspilicueta as good as the right centre-back. In particular, Hamoso, as you said, on that left side, he's critical to the way you guys play. Ronaldo can can do that role when he comes back from from his injury. But I think it's everything you've mentioned in terms of you know getting the numbers high. Of course, the, the more numbers you have up the pitch, the tougher it is for the opposition to defend you. But I think the real key thing for me is to say that you've there's always someone making runs, whether it's as I said, Molina, Lino, Raquel, Morata, Correa when he plays. And, and of course, the more players making runs, the more the opposition defence, they have to back off. They have to go with runners. And that then creates space for for sometimes the guy, in, sometimes for one of your players in midfield. Sometimes it creates spaces um, out wide. So it, it's a combination of everything. Yeah, OK. Um, I think if you can recall um, the goal Aleti scored last season at El Sadar, you had Saul making a run from midfield and then kind of scoring a fantastic goal. So, like yeah. you have mentioned, having runners is kind of fantastic because if you look at the team, I think Aleti, which lost at Mallorca, that was just before the World Cup, you kind of had a very static team with the ball where you had your Deports, your Limas, kind of players who are ball to fit. But now in the team, you have a blend of that. And if you look at the way Cholo chooses the lineup, he kind of likes mixing that. And the great thing is now, players who have come up from the academy like Rikelmi and uh, Barrios are also players who are also good with the ball at their feet, but they're also good at making runs behind, which is a great trait to have, like you have, have mentioned. So, um, Kelv, um, like you have rightly said, um, Aliti, you know, like, Aliti don't struggle against them. those um, teams who sit deep because of, you have runners against, which make runs in behind, which was actually something Las Palmas used against us because they played a high line and we had um, a lot of offsides. But I believe in that game, if you could have keep on trying, we could have had more chances like that of Rikeome in the first half which um, the goalkeeper save or that in the second half, which he hit the post, but yeah. we do not we do not do that, and we kind of recognize doing that late, which was we already tuned it down. Like I mentioned, so Kevin, another issue for where another an issue which Aleti has in possession is the right hand side, where Aleti normally under Cholo or the things in January they build up from the left with 
um, also starting deep, and then you have Vitzel as a center center back kind of drifting towards the left. That means you have him now as a left center back, and then him also as a left back. Then you have the left wing back being Lino or Kelmi higher up the pitch, and then you have um, Griezmann or when Lima plays, him dropping deep, but when Saul plays, you kind of have Saul going higher and Griezmann, and then you have De Paul acting as the free man, the player who is waiting for a link up between Hermoso, Witzel, Lino, Griezmann, and Koke to kind of find him in space, and then we can then project our attack. When we do that, no matter who we play, like we showed against Smart City in the preseason, they pressed us very hard on the left, but we were able to bypass their press on several occasions. But now, a thing teams have started doing is they have recognized the weakness Aleti have on the right hand side, which is having the likes of Savage, who has improved a lot on the ball, and Lorente, and also um, Molina, which those are players who are very good at making runs behind in Lorente and Molina. But under pressure and in position, they are not so good, and that is something Las Palmas use very well against Aleti, where Aleti moments where Aleti build from the right, from the left. Sorry, they were able to arrive in the final third, but from the right, you have. Savage kicking long balls and the rest. So, do you think um, is there something Cholo can do? Because in the game against Celtic, he kind of played Witzel as the right centre back to kind of cover for that weakness. Yeah, I mean that, that that's uh, a more consistent possibility, as you mentioned, is to play Witzel in the back three. I, I think to have better use of, of of the ball in the back three for me, the one that has to play if there's space for him is Aspilicueta because he's very good and comfortable on the ball, especially um, if he does get freedom, if you're um, really high up the pitch, you can, you know, at the times for Spain and, 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 and when they played together at Chelsea, that they built that, that they built up down the side, back to Espeliqueta, crossing the box, Morata heads it in for a goal. So that, that could be something else that he looks at, maybe, you break down that right side, Molina goes, cuts it back to Azpilicueta, he puts the ball to the far post or wherever Morata's in the box. Morata gets on the end of it and, and scores. Um, I don't think there's anything else majorly that Cholo can do because things are working well. I think it's just for the fact that it's just a basic thing of maybe your technical players are, are, are more naturally on, on the left side. But as long as the players on the right side, whether it would be Llorente, Molina and, and those guys, as long as they're involved in doing what their, their strengths are, which is Yusuf, which is making runs, going forward, carrying the ball forward um, on counter-attacks when the ball breaks on on that side, I wouldn't massively, massively be worried. As you said, maybe Witzel playing as an outer centre-back could be something that Cholo wants to wants to look at. Um, I personally would go with Azpilicueta because I think his use of the ball is is better and he's more a natural defender that's played kind of as a as a wide centre-back because um, as a wider centre-back in a back three, I think it's a very specialist position. You know, we saw it for a lot of time that when Hamoso plays as a centre-back in a back four, he struggles. But you play him in a centre-back in a back three... And he's one of the best in the league. It's probably the main reason why he doesn't get picked for Spain because Spain don't play with a back three. They play with a back four. So, But I'm sure that there'll be different ideas and we'll see over the course of the season. Cholo will try different things to to avoid that, that over-reliance on the left side. 
but I don't think it's massively becoming a problem yet. Yeah, at the moment, like you said, it's not massively a problem, but just worry because you know competing in Europe, Australia teams are very intelligent, and the maybe the gap between the resources coaches have at their disposal in terms of analysis, in terms of analytics, and the rest is not that much. Yeah. So, I think he has in recent games he has been trying to kind of come up, come come up with something which can kind of solve the problem. When Molina was out injured, he tried to kill me there. And with Kukeme, he played um, Lorente, and then a centre-back, he played Aspilicueta. And the game against Cadiz, like you mentioned, having Aspilicueta there is also good because he's kind of comfortable with the ball at his feet. And also in attack, he can contribute because you have his cross, his assist for Morata, also for Korea, which kind of made the game to be 2-1, and then Alexi mounted a combat from there. And um, playing with there, I think he kind of, he's kind of also wary of the balance. Because yeah. when he plays with there, you kind of have Molina and maybe Barrios or Laurenti players who are very good defensive because despite the fact that Alicia are heavy reliant on the left side for build up, that's basically Alicia's weakest side in defense. But the right side is always good. So he's kind of trying to find the balance where we have players there that should in case they think that uh, maybe the opposition can maybe block us on the left, we cannot build from that area. They are forcing us to build from the right. Then maybe we can have guys there who can also do that and then take advantage of maybe going breaking through with the runs of Lorente and Molina because I would also love for Molina to improve on the ball because he kind of, I don't know if he's actually sleeping because there are a lot of issues with him which I've seen this season but they are not yet major at the moment because you have uh, maybe a switch of play from the left to the right and poor control and then you also have moments where we have kind of breakthrough and then the final pass is lacking. I know though that is not his greatest strength. His greatest strength is making runs in behind, giving cutbacks or being in position to score goals. But I believe those are some of the areas he can work on to make a little less reliance on the left because I'm thinking there will be times when our left down, left hand side will be shut down. But like you said, it's not a major issue at the moment. And like it was in the third season, which was the same issue where the left was our side, which we build up for. And people are like, if what if they block that side? So, so far, Cholua is kind of coming up with remedies and he has been testing like he did like the game against Celtic. So moving on, Kev, um, talk about the out of possession. Like I just mentioned, Aletis kind of weaker side are the left, and now the right is kind of the stronger side in defense. But Kev, there's an issue now. We mentioned a, a mentality issue for the way Aletis perform away from home and at home. So Kev, do you think maybe it's because at home Aletis kind of press more and then are better, and away from home Aletis are kind of passive? And then the question is, are Aletis better when they press or when they are passive? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really good point. Um, I, I personally prefer it when, not necessarily if Aleti press high, it, as you said, it's it's when they're aggressive and when they're not passive. You don't have to, to press high as long as it's aggressive. But when it's too too passive, it's too easy to play against. It's too easy for the opposition to get through you. It's then too easy for them, if they have quality in those areas, to find the spaces in behind Koke, because sometimes I've seen that Maratta and Griezmann don't go, but Koke does. And then they they work the ball quickly. And then the, and then it's a 3v3 attack with three of their forwards against your, your back three. So, but I think that the more higher you press, the more aggressive you are in it, you're better because you're winning the ball back earlier and quicker. And because of the way that you, you guys play now, you're keeping it for longer when you have it as well. So then you have more control of the game. You're not having to 
chase it, and that was maybe the biggest, bigger problem. That that was another problem against Les Palmas is that their that's their strength in terms of keeping the ball. And and as you said, maybe you guys weren't as as bad as others thought, but against Les Palmas, just as as an example, you were you were probably a bit too careless on the ball, and you can't give the ball away to Las Palmas, a team that's second or third in La Liga for, for possession. But just going back to your thing about pressing high, that for me, every side in the world is, is better when they're not passive. I can't think of one team that's better when they're, when they're passive in terms of their pressing than when they're not aggressive, because I think in the modern game you need to be. If you're not aggressive, if you're not closing people down, of course, you have to do it together as a team. You can't just have one player doing it because it becomes incredibly easy to play out of. Incredibly easy. So it has to be organised. It has to be whoever decides at the top end of the pitch, whether it's Griezmann, Morata or whoever, when they go, everyone has to go with them. And there is a susceptibility to um, the ball being played over the top, but if you get the press right, then you know there's different options. Either the pass doesn't make it, or you give a tactical foul away, and then and then reset, which sometimes is is the right thing to do. So, yeah, I, I would just say that the, the, the higher you guys press, but for me, it's more important that the press is aggressive. You you, you can press from from the halfway line. But if it's aggressive, if you're forcing the opposition back, if they can't play through you, or if you're forcing them to play long or get the ball wide and, and get crosses in from poor positions for, I don't know, a Witzel, a Jimenez, a Hamoso to head the ball away, or across the Oblak just comes and deals with. And then you just go, OK, then we have the ball now. Let's play our game and 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 start attacking and creating chances. Well, um, like you have rightly said, um, there's no team who is better when they are passive. And like we saw in the first leg against Celtics, we tried to be aggressive in our pressing, but Celtic kind of took advantage of the spaces we allow um, at the, in the wings. And they have players like Maida, who were, Maida, I think Parma, who were very good on that day. And because you have um, the wingbacks jumping on Celtics' fullbacks, and then um, you have Celtics interior, so that's their eight. And then you have Alexis center backs kind of pushing high, that kind of creates space um, on the wings, which Celtic took advantage of through Tedman play or one two. And McGregor, the Celtics captain, was fantastic on that day. And watching Celtic games before the game, actually, I kind of appreciated how he plays because he's like the cookie of Celtic, very intelligent guy on and off the ball. And um, Kev, like you have said, um, being aggressive is all about the timing when you press high because Aleti kind of used the pressing which um, they used tried in the, the preseason against Man City where you have Koke joining the attack line and now you have a front three of Griezmann, Morata and then you have Koke and then you have the two interiors eight and then you which is either Saul, Lorente, Lemar, De Paul but now you have them on the opposition pivot but now the issue now with that is that if the opposition pivots, they keep on like stretching out or they have a lot of distance between them, you have a space, which is the space where Koke evacuated, which was something Las Palmas took advantage of with Molero dropping into that space. And with a good ball playing goalkeeper, you can, a pass can be dropped there. Now, the issue now for that was because Alexis centre-backs were passive. They had to kind of like go man for man, meet your player there, but it was not the case. And 
for example, Savage, who was a very aggressive guy, was very shocked on the day where he was really like hesitant to go meet Molero there. Well, no Molero. For those who don't know him, Alberto Molero is kind of one of the best dribblers, was one of the best dribblers in the Segunda and in La Liga in against Aliti. He showed that despite the fact that he just came out from injury. So going too tight against such players is not easy because they can pin you around. But that is the weakness Aliti have currently have in their current pressing setup. How do you think Cholo can compensate for that weakness going forward? Well, he has numerous options. Um, and, and I think in some games against Las Palmas and and Feyenoord in, in particular, I mean, and Valencia, but I, I have to be honest, I, um, because of the uh, the blackout we have here in the UK, I did not see the game against Valencia, but I, I, I saw the other the other two. And, and you know, when Coca goes high and... Sometimes you guys are just outnumbered in in midfield, which sometimes sometimes can just be sold with with, with Griezmann dropping in and, and and filling gaps, and it becoming instead of a, a three against three, it's in a four against three. Which you know Griezmann doing that, he's extremely capable, one of the best in the in the world at doing it. But I, I just think that the, the main thing for me is is that. Um, as you said against Les Palmas, the your the, your back three were, were were too passive. If you guys were more aggressive, yeah, of course Les Palmas would have still got through and had chances, but they can do that against nearly any side because of the quality on the ball they've got. But if you're if you're not as passive, if you're having the ball and, and using it using it better and and causing problems that and causing problems to the opposition that way, then it's you're going to have, you know, more chances than than to score. So, so yeah, the, there are a few things that he has to think about, but there's small problems that I'm sure that over the course of the season we'll see um, different answers for. You know, whether it's Griezmann dropping, whether he'll, whether he will, maybe go back to a back four at some point if he feels that. Um, that the midfield is really, really struggling. I don't think he will do that, but it's something that he could have in his mind just to give the opposition coaches something to think about. So it's not always, it's not always the threat from, from the wing backs. It's not always a back three. It could be, you know, you could have maybe uh, Llorente, Coque, Barrios, Depaul, so, you know, you could, instead of having three of those five, you could have four of those five. Um, Again, I don't see him doing that because you've got you've got the Morata Griezmann partnership. You've got everything else that's working. But as we said before, the, the key thing is that you guys aren't passive. When you're not passive, it doesn't matter who plays. When you're not passive, oppositions find it very difficult to play against you. Any side. When, when you have that intensity that you showed against Real Madrid, the aggressiveness to win the ball back, because you weren't massively pressing Real Madrid high. You were for the first 20 minutes, but then... And then Madrid came back into it. But then, as I said before, you, you decided to sit a bit deeper, but you were aggressive. You were forcing Madrid back and Madrid were having God knows how many long shots from distance. And OK, one from Tony Cruz went, in, went, into, the, went into the back of the net, but all the others went rather safe while Blocker went 25 yards over the bar. So, so that's just the thing. If, if the aggressiveness is there, if the intention is there to do to do the right things, you're, you're, you're more often than not um, 
cover up those vulnerabilities that you've shown in in two, three games this season? Well, um, like you said, we have to be aggressive. And like you said, Real Madrid took lots, lots of shots from distance. I think uh, maybe we would have taken players like Rudiger who were taking shots on that day to go maybe participate in the Rugby World Cup, which just ended and South Africa being the winner. <laughs> and maybe if Rudiger was maybe on New Zealand's team that day, they would have not missed some of the shots they had on that day. So, <laughs> so Kelf, um, like you already said, um, Cholo has some of the options which can he can take, which can be Chris Mann maybe dropping in as Koki moves higher. And another thing I think he has tried is maybe when Witzel plays as a center center back, you have Witzel filling in the gap going as the defensive midfielder when Koki goes higher to press, and then you have the far side, um, the far side, uh, far side center back covering for Witzel, and then you have now the wing back shifting in now to maybe give that solidity. That's another thing he can try, which. I think going forward is something will make us more solid and like you said, aggressiveness is the key. So on last touching on the last thing about Aliti's OP, um the game against Celtic, there was a call of concern, which was the fact that Aliti has struggled in Europe. Aliti struggled in Europe is because of matching the intensity of the rivals. Because you look at the Celtic, you watch the Celtic game, Celtic kind of played at an intensity which Aliti tried to meet, but they could not meet. And in my opinion, that was the reason why we could not win that game. But in the game which won them 6-0, I think the intensity was really high for us from minute one till the last minute. It's true, Celtic had a good start, but you could see that you could see that intensity. The aggressiveness you mentioned was there because one of the reasons why we were dominant is not just for the fact that Celtic took a red card, which kind of helped things for sure, but it was that ability to be aggressive and win back a lot of balls, which is something we have not seen for Aliti in, the, in a long while in the Champions League, and that was a reason why Aliti has been struggling in the Champions League. The intensity which is also a reason why Aliti have a very, very poor record against German clubs in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as you mentioned, they've, they've, they've lacked intensity, which they've, for me, they've shown it in, um, in all the, the Champions League games. Maybe, maybe the, the, the Celtic home one, as you've mentioned, you, you guys were showing it right from the first minute. Um, it wasn't the, greatest maybe performance in those first 20 minutes but just Celtic had a lot of the ball and but they didn't really create too much you guys get the great goal from from Griezmann and as you said then the red card gives you the control of the game really there was no it was never in doubt after after that but as you said the intensity has has gone up your record against German clubs is it's a tad surprising because you know, most La Liga clubs have, 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 have good records against Bundesliga sides. So, um, and, and, and you've made the good point about, about the fact that, you know, when Koke goes high, Witzel fills in the gap. And, and you know, and that's the main reason why, even though we spoke earlier about Witzel playing as a, as a wider centre-back, that's why he should be in the middle. Because when, when he goes into that midfield area, it's natural for him because it's his natural position. It's his best position, actually. But it's obviously not one that Simeone wants to wants to use him in. So, yeah, I mean, but you guys have done really, really well. But I thought you would do in the Champions League when I looked at the squad, and of course, the, your group does have three, you know, good sides. There's, you know, you know, Celtic can cause problems for anyone, particularly when they play at home, and 
Feyenoord have, have looked good and, and and Lazio haven't been great in Serie A, but I've, I think have done quite well in your group. So, but there's, there's two, uh, who have you got in your two games left? Well, um, we travel um, to Amsterdam, sorry, to the Netherlands to take on um, Feyenoord and then we host Lazio at home on the last day. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, um, Feyenoord away won't be, won't be easy, but, I think you guys can 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 get something, and uh, and and Lazio at home, and with and, as we talked before, it should be a fairly straightforward win for for you guys, because as you mentioned, because of your your home form. But you know, Lazio, they're not a bad side. They've got a number of extra Liga players that you and I both know. Uh, they've got a couple of them anyway that we know very very well. Um, particularly uh, Tati Castiano. So. And, and and Pedro and, and a couple of others. So it should be two good games, but um I personally think um I personally think that you guys will win will win the group. Yeah, I'm hoping so as well because the game in Fairnot will not be easy. Fairnot are kind of one of the best teams in our pool because they play fantastic football. They yeah. play on the front foot, they are aggressive in their press and like they, I think they suffered against us when they took the lead and then they kind of tried to drop back deep and be passive and then they pull and we punish them. So they're kind of good team. And they over two legs, I think they were the better team against Lazio, but Lazio used the home advantage to kind of have three points at home. So the trip will not be easy. And then against Lazio, they have not been great, like you said, in Syria, but they, I think they are missing Milinkovic Savic, who went to Saudi Arabia, who was a key part in their strategy, especially when they are facing difficulties in bypassing team. They go for a long ball using him. And like you said, they have a couple of, they have many La Liga players. In fact, they have one of my favorite Spanish players of all time, Luis Alberto. So, it will be a great clash. So, um, Kelv, moving forward now, we have to talk about players because uh, Cholo has a lot of headache at the moment. And one of those headaches starts from the left wing back position. Because Aleti kind of signed Galan in the summer. And I was full of praise because... We, you and I know Galan because we are La Liga fans and we love him and we have watched what he can do at Celta Vigo. And we were, I, I was like, wow, we have signed a guy who can do what Carrasco does and who can also do what Carrasco cannot do. What can he, what do I mean by that? He can offer the dribbling, 1v1s, ball progression, and then he can also make off the ball runs and his crosses are very good and he's also solid defensively like Carrasco. But all of a sudden, you have Rikelmi and you have Lino coming back from loan deals and from Valencia, from Girona and Valencia respectively, and they have been massive. When Galan has had his chance, he has struggled a bit, and now when those guys have had their chances, they have been monsters. In the game against Celtic, you have Rikelme putting on his best performance of the season, and one of the best performances you see from an Atleti player this season. And then Lino comes on just back from injury, and he scores a golazo and provides two assists. So it shows you the competition for places are really, really high. So, Kelf, we have to talk about those two players, Lino and Galan. So, my question is, if you are Cholo, who starts and who, bench, who sits on the bench? Blimey, that is... Because, uh, as you said, he, he, he's deservedly got, got a headache because, you know, uh, Raquel May and, and Lino have played so well. Um, there's very little in it. If, 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 if you're asking who I would personally start, I would, I would just go towards... Uh, Lino, because I think he's slightly better defensively than than Raquel May. Um, I think they, I think he provides a similar uh, goal threat. I think he's, 
he's a tad more. Uh, I mean, they're both direct in terms of taking people on, but I just think I, I don't know. I'd have to check the stats, but I, I just feel more comfortable when, when I watch Lino take someone and Raquel. Mate, I think Lino um, physically is is stronger, so in certain if he's up against a more physical fullback or if again there's a physical battle on the side Raquel May struggles a bit more so but if if people said that they preferred Galan or preferred uh, Raquel May then you know it's not a problem they're they're three very very good players I know Atleti fans have not seen the best of of Javi Galan this season and and my reaction was exactly yours when when you guys signed him I thought that yeah this is absolutely fantastic signing, mainly because I thought that um, Lino, especially Raquel May, were going to be used in different positions. I thought Raquel May was going to play in the midfield three in kind of the role that Saul has. But Cholo's decided to do something a little bit different and, you know, fair play. It's it's working. and uh, But it, it can depend on the opposition. He'll have to rotate them throughout the, the season. I mean, Lino's just recovered from uh, the injury he picked up at Celta Vigo. So, but um, but they're both goal threats. Uh, they, they both use the ball well. Raquel May's probably slightly better in terms of passing stuff, but maybe crosses and st- Lino's better. It's very it's very difficult to uh, to say that one's better than the other. But I personally would just edge it towards um, Samuel Lino. Well, Gareth, I'm sure you're happy you're not Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with the left wing back, uh, I, I'm definitely happy I'm not Cholo. <laughs> because uh, you don't know who to pick. But like you said, it depends. One of the key things with that, it depends on the opponent. So if I was Cholo, when I play against an opponent, who, which we know has a lot of threat coming down the wings, then I would play Lino. Because like against Celtic, Celtic if Lino starts in the match early, I think he does a better job against Maida than Galan did. Because I think Galan had an issue because he just came into the team and he's still getting used to the team dynamics and how things are being done with and without the ball. It's true that he's a very good player, but he has to adapt to his new surroundings, which was the case against Celtic. And he kind of did okay for what was asked of him, which was asked of him, which was to maybe keep Maida quiet. And he did so, but he kind of struggled, especially with blindside runs from Maida, from Kyogo. So... It depends on the opponent. Now, if you are playing against a deep block, then I think I play Rikelme. Like you said, he's more, he's, I think, more agile on the ball. He's, the, I think, the better dribbler. And um, also, he can disembark, like, get rid of his marker with or without the ball. And like you said, it's really, really a tough header because Lino can also do the same. So it's just about managing the minutes and who plays what. And that's kind of the internal competition I think Aleti needs to have all over the pitch. So, Kelf, um, you can allow those two because they are in fantastic form at the moment. And luckily for us, we are not Simeon or his coaching staff who are going to select who is going to start this weekend against Villarreal. So, Kelf, talking about the goals, Aleti have been fantastic in 2023. Aleti are among the top four clubs, or five clubs now, top four years, to have scored the most goals in Europe in 2023 in competitive games. And we are talking about being in the same league as the, the likes of Man City and Haaland. Bayern and Lewandowski, sorry, by sorry, Bayern and um, Hurricane. You have Borussia Dortmund, and then I think um, I think those are the three. Then you have Aleti, and that's been down to Morata 
and Griezmann. Before last season, we mentioned, I think, when Aliti was struggling, we talked about, when we came on the pod, we talked about goals. Aliti need goals. And I think that's what Aliti had in the 2021 season, which enabled them to win the league bet. And that's something they have now. So, Kelf, before the transfer window, you had Morata wanting to leave because he felt like he was the second choice behind Memphis. But a conversation with Cholo, and it changed everything. And the Morata we have seen this season has just been great. I think he scored the Champions League goal of the week, in my opinion. And that just shows the confidence he has this season. So, Kelf, uh, what's your take on Alvaro Morata before we go to Griezmann? Well, Morata's been... Uh... A player I've liked for, for so many years. I've defended him on many occasions when when his goal record wasn't what it is now in terms of his form. I think he does so many good things, holding the ball, flicking it on, making runs. I know that he's probably offside too many times, but if you continue to make those runs, as we were saying earlier, you're helping your, your teammates out. And I think having the confidence that I think I heard it on on the Liga TV that um, I, can't, I think it was Graham Hunter that said that, that, that Morata spoke to, to Cholo and Charlie said that I will use you, I will play you, and you will and you will score goals. You're important here, and and just to have that feel that he was wanted, I think kick started the the current form that we've seen, and um, I think he's a very particular striker. He's, he's probably one of the best. He's probably, yeah, yeah. No, what am I saying? He is one of the best in the air. So when you guys put crosses onto his head, there's not many strikers in the world, others that I'd want in that position. Because every time that you guys put an aerial cross and I see Murata heading the ball, eight times out of 10, I think this this is going to be a goal. So, um, yeah. because of that, that's the ability that yeah. he's always had. Yeah, you know he's still a nightmare for an Alaba and Rosie guy. He's got a brace in the derby. Yeah. <laughs> His head, of course. So, like you said, in the air, he's very, very good. And you mentioned um, long balls and thing when we talk about impression, something we uh, kind of forgot to uh, talk about, which was Oblak's distribution. That is something, uh, before going to Christmas, that is something which has improved this season. Like you said, Aleti, like we said, top in preseason, Aleti are going to have more of the ball. That's something which he mentioned as compared to the previous season. And then we have seen Oblak's distribution. We even saw in certain games where he's been pressed and he kind of dribbles the, on the approaching attacker. The Oblak of all I can recall tweeting kind of in um, my... I was not so happy. I think in the, against Espanyol, which um, Carrasco kind of single-handedly won the game for us at the RCTE Stadium, I think um, two seasons ago, was each time Aleti tried to build and they want to recycle the ball to Oblak, he kills the game. Why? Sends a long ball. But this season, it looks like the instructions have been different. And when teams are pressing us and we are struggling to like escape the press, it's long balls to Morata kind of help us. And that was evident in prison against City. And it has been evident in some of the games we have played this season, which is kind of great. So, Kelf, um, back now to Griezmann. He's fantastic. You play him as a striker, he gives you a 10 on 10. You play him as a secondary striker, a 10 on 10. You play him as an interior, a 10 on 10. You play him as a wing back, he gives you a 10 on 10. Kelf, what can Griezmann not do? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, um, we, we we all know the quality of, of of Antoine. He's one of the best in the world. He's just, as you said, he's he can do anything really. You know, um, I love his work rate. There's so many top players that don't have the attitude or work rate he does. 
and he helps. I, I mean, I remember in the first 10 minutes against Celtic, when Celtic had their, their best spell of the game, the only player who was winning the ball back for you was Griezmann. He's recovering, he's making challenges, he's putting blocks in, and then the quality he has on the ball is it's just second to none. I mean, um, just to, sorry to go off topic very quickly, but when France played England in the World Cup, everyone in England was talking about uh, Mbappe and the threat Mbappe posed. And I was trying to tell people, my friends that support England, I'll keep saying that, no, Griezmann is the bigger problem, not Mbappe. And uh, the winner comes from Griezmann putting a ball in because we don't close him down for a Giroud header. So, because um, people talk about Mbappe, this Mbappe, that. For me, Griezmann is France's best player. He's the most important player because he works hard. His ability on the ball, he his his natural ability, not just to drop deep like we were talking earlier, but he knows exactly when to do it. He just has that awareness of space of going, no, I don't need to do it now. We've got players there or they're struggling. I can help. And your best, I mean, you, you, you refer to it a couple of times, the chance Raquel may had at Las Palmas. It comes because Griezmann gets the ball in the deep, in deep, turns and plays a beautiful ball in behind for Raquel to run onto. So, as you said, Griezmann can effectively do... I mean, you can put Griezmann at, at left centre-back in the back three and, 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 and he'll be at least an eight out of ten. For sure, for sure. Like you have, you have rightly said, I think if we play a game, Oblak gets sense of which is not something I'm wishing, I think we know what to put in goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the distribution won't be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Kevin, um, like you rightly said, no matter where he plays, he gives his all because he is so smart. He is so his awareness, his footballing IQ is there with the best. He knows when to do what and when not to do. And I think um, one of the reasons why Rikelme had such a great performance is because against Celtic was because of the Christmas selfless act in the def- in defense. At the start of the game, you have two occasions where Rikelme was caught out of position. Sorry, out mm. of position. But that was recognized by most fans because Griezmann was there to cover, was there to make the tackle. So his intelligence is so great. I have a Celtic fan which I was chatting with um, before the, the first game and he was like, what, uh, what is the main thing to pay attention to? I was like, Griezmann. And then I kind of sent him a, 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 the hit map of Griezmann at halftime and he's like, oh, this guy's been so good. He has been killing us. How can we stop him from receiving the ball between the lines? Because if we try to stop him from receiving the ball between the lines, we kind of have to use two players. And that kind of creates space for other players. Yeah. So we were like, this guy has killed us. And in the return leg, he did not play as a secondary striker. He played as a left in center midfielder, an interior, and he still killed them. So we are talking about a guy who has had a very fantastic 2023. I don't want to mention the Ballon d'Or because I am not a great fan of individual awards in team sports, but he, in my opinion, is currently the best player in La Liga and one of the best in the world, given what he does on and off the ball. I don't think there are many in the game who read and interpret the game at the level as he does. Yeah, com- completely agree. Completely agree. As I, as I said earlier, there's so many people that maybe give that give you that impact on the ball, but then off the ball, there's no game. They, they give a pass away and they're, and they're walking back to the halfway line. And, you know, as a fan... Or just as people like like us that love, that love watching football, you think, no, go and help your team out. You've made a mistake. Even though you win the ball back, just you know, do a little bit. You know, just run back and just show like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to to help my teammates out and win 
and win the ball back. And also, yeah, I totally agree with your point about the um, Ballon d'Or. I mean, the result was a joke. These are people that clearly only watch one league, and we know it's not La Liga. We know what it is, and uh, we 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 yeah, it, it's it's obvious what it is, and uh, yeah. As you said, just the work he does, his the ability Griezmann has on the ball is, and and going back to your point, best in La Liga right now, probably. I think there's three or four of them that 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 are not far off him because of the quality that other teams have. But Griezmann was as Griezmann's been the best in La Liga since 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 the end of the World Cup, since the return, sorry from from the World Cup. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Because if you are talking about a guy who is basically just six goals away from becoming um, Atleti's all-time top goal scorer. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, eh, something I believe he will achieve. And he already has 11 goals in 15 games this season. And I just believe the sky is the limit. I think I'm looking at Griezmann and, and Morata. And do you know what comes to mind? I'm thinking of the Forlan and Aguero partnership. It's been a while since Atleti had... Such a duo were lethal in front of goal, and then we are arriving at do arrive at numbers of 20 plus goals. This is, I believe Morata and Griezmann can achieve that, which is something I think Forlan and, and Aguero achieved. So, kind of great. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, as you said, Griezmann will become your record goal scorer. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Don't know when, but we all know it, it will happen. And you guys have had some fantastic partnerships over the years. Some of them probably haven't been together long enough to uh, get the legendary status, as you mentioned, with um, Forlan and Aguero. But you've had Falcao and, and Costa, Costa and, and and David Villa, particularly in, 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 in the first title win, Falcao and, and Costa going back to the Copa del Rey win at the Bernabeu that you mentioned earlier. So, yeah, but yeah, Murata, yeah. Griezmann. But also then you've got Correa will chip in and help. Memphis will chip in and help when he comes back. Saul can can score goals from midfield. Llorente can score goals from midfield. And Molina can chip in. Uh, Lino, uh, Raquel, Galan scored a, a, a handful at, at Celta as well. So even though they're your main goal threats, they're not your only goal threats. You know, this is you're not a team that's reliant on one guy or two players to score goals. There's five or six teams sorry, five or six players in your team that can score. Koke has a decent long shot on occasion and, and, and may get a couple this season. Different for him because he's he's in a, a different, deeper role, as we've discussed before. But, I mean, Hamoso has a history of scoring as well from, from set pieces. So you've, you've got a goal, you've got, you've got goal threats sure. across your whole team. You've got it across your whole team. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Kev, you almost kind of revealed... Um what was supposed to be an episode over the break, which was talking about Alexis' legendary duos of, of which I've had in the Cholo era. So, please don't... <laughs> You're really making not a secret anymore, but we'll talk about that in detail. So, Kelf, um, well, moving on from um, Alexis' striking options and uh, Griezmann and the amount of goals he scored and what he can achieve, we cannot ignore the fact that one of the things in which make him an incredible player is his fitness rate. Because he's like a player who is rarely injured. It's incredible, to be honest. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, he obviously does a, a lot of um, right things in terms of looking after him himself. You, you have to. There's obviously a bit of luck there because, as, as we know, in, in the modern game, injuries are becoming a bigger, bigger problem. There's more of them. Players are, are getting oh. injured for for longer spells. So uh, you do need a little bit of um, of luck attached to that, but yeah, Kreisman's fitness—it's just he just he just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, and yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic, and it's and it's lucky for for you guys that you've not only got one of the best in the world, you've got one of the best in the world that you know will be available for nearly every game. Yeah. Well. Um... Kelf, um, we have just mentioned um, Witzel and we talked about the fact that he Jola used him on the right to kind of cover for the weakness there for Aliti having the ball under pressure. He has been fantastic because I can recall when we signed this guy, I was not a fan. I'm like saying we are signing a 30-plus-year-old. What for? He comes, Cholo using him as a centre-centre-back and as a hybrid DM where in winning Aliti are trying to build up, I can recall... The first game of last season against Getafe, he started as a centre-back, but then he pushes up and then forms a double pivot with Koke. And this season, he has kind of been a utility player in the back line, where he has played as the left centre-back, the centre-centre-back, and the right centre-back. And what has been amazing is because in previous season, when he has played in DM, I can record the Sevilla game, which I let trust Sevilla at the Metropolitano, I think is it 5-2. And you have Sar scoring a goal where he was caught napping and he could not catch up. And also when he has played as the wide centre-backs, he has really, really struggled because he doesn't have the legs. But this season, he has played there and he did a fantastic job against Osasuna, especially handling the wide rotations. All La Liga watchers know how Osasuna created a lot of chances from wide rotations, pitching triangles, and then you have um, rotations where if you are not vigilant, you'll be caught napping, and then you have a player in the half space for a cutback. But he did fantastic. And against Celtic, he also did a similar job. So he's been one of Aleti's best players since the start of the season, he has also been available. So, Kev, what do you think has changed for Witzel? Um, I think the fact that um, this is his um, second season with you guys helps. He's he's more adapted to uh, La, La Liga. He obviously has a clearer understanding of what Cholo wants from him. Cholo obviously has a clearer understanding of what he can ask from him. As you said, he has done uh, good work as the outer centre-back. I personally prefer him in in the middle because if he does, then have to drop into different areas. It's into it's into midfield where he spent the vast majority of his career playing as a, as a, as a defensive uh, midfielder. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's he, he's doing well. It's taken us a while to see him at his best, but we all knew he was he was a good player before he came here. It was just a case of I think him. Adapting to this new centre-back role, I, I don't know how often he would have played it before going to you guys, maybe not at all. But um, he's doing well. He, I think he's going to be um, important. Maybe less so when you know Jimenez is, is back in a, in a longer spell. Um, Ronaldo is on his way back as well. Savic is, is so important for you guys as well. But as we were saying earlier, the squad, the squad will have to be will have to be used, and everybody will be uh, will be important. Yeah, Kelf. Um, 
seems at the moment I don't want to be Cholo because looking at Aleti center back options when everybody's fit, Savish and has played a greater fight for the right center back role. You have Jimenez and Ritzel for the central of the center backs. Then on the left center back now, you have Hermoso and, and uh, Renudo. So, wow, don't want to be Cholo at the moment because poof, all those players are good players and when they are fit, they give all. So, one of the players uh, who signed the contract recently was Jose Maria Jimenez and this guy, to be honest, he's been fan a fantastic servant of Aleti. I can recall when Diego Godin left, I had the fans are saying this is who is gonna take be the next Godin. I can also recall him taking the legendary number two from Godin. But I don't know, he's kind of very unfortunate with injuries and he's I believe our best center back, but he's very rarely unavailable. Careful what's your opinion on Jimenez and his history of injuries and what he can contribute to him because he's Fantastic against Celtic, he played a very good game, but there's always that fear that he's going to miss games. I think in the Cholo era, he's the player who has, player who has missed the most games due to injury. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I believe you're you're right, and I, and I agree with everything you said. Um, for me, he is your best uh, centre back. He uh, intelligence, reading of the game, he's he's good on the ball. But as you said, the problem with, with him is keeping him fit. He just, because he misses so many games uh, for injury. Um, but the only thing I can say now is we were talking earlier about um, all the options and you have um, Soyuncu there as, as another option that over time, I'm sure Simeone will trust because when you when you first join Atleti, Simeone, I think it takes a while for for him to be convinced by by a new signing, you very, very rarely a, a player will sign and go straight into the, straight into the team. But you, 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 you have you have more options at at, at the back to um, rotate. So maybe it's not the case of you have to play Savage and Jimenez all the time. You've got different options there. So if you're playing uh, an Almeria at home in La Liga or or uh, Cardiff at home or, or someone like that. Then you can go, okay, we've got Champions League coming up or we've got one of the big teams coming up. We can rest him in his and play him in the bigger games. So it's probably just more about rotation with him and, and looking after him and just looking in terms of, okay, maybe you won't play as much as you've been used to, but we're going to structure things in the way that you play in the most important games because you're one of our best, best uh, defenders. Yeah. Well, Kev, I think um, that's actually a proposition which the club might actually try and hopefully that kind of works for him because if he has more minutes, then that's actually really, really great for Aleti. And you mentioned Soyuncu who kind of slipped my mind and he has had a good start to life at Aleti and we can recall how very aggressive he is and also how he's good in covering space and he can also maybe be an option when Aleti had decided to play high line. And like you said, something I think many distant watchers or those who are not follow Aleti for long don't know is that it's very difficult for a player, which you mentioned, to come into Aleti and get go. We can recall Griezmann's first season at Aleti. He kind of struggled, I think, from August to around, I think it was in January, February, where he was like picking up and getting to the team. And now it is the same for Galan and it is the same for Soyuncu and Aspilicueta. And I think we just mentioned Witzel having a great second 
season where in his first season he was not so good. So that kind of tells you things how demanding of a coach Cholo is and how much it takes from the players to be able to get a starting role in his team because you can recall most of the players in the team now who are starters had a very, very tough start. Maybe except for a few like maybe Jimenez. Even Savish had a very rough patch and I can recall that Leti fans were him gone but kudos to him for staying on and winning over the fans. So um, if we move on to Villarreal who are basically struggling under Pacheta, they kind of sacked Kike Setien. And since Emery, they have not been the same. They sacked Setien, replaced him with Pacheta, which Pacheta had them um, spells at, I think, Hueska, where he replaced Michel, and he was sacked. And he did same at Valladolid, but he has one promotion with, I think, Elche back to La Liga. And he is kind of a coach with good ideas. But since he replacing Kike Setien, it's not much that has been going for, for Villarreal. And yesterday, against Maccabi Tel Aviv, even though they won, but they left it late and they struggled because... Maccabi Tel Aviv created some very, very good chances and they were also kind of relying on turnovers for some of the chances they created within that game. So, Kelf, you have a team like Valladolid, sorry, a team like Villarreal struggling under a coach which they have had for a month now and according to rumors, the game against Maccabi Tel Aviv and the game at the Metropolitano where his last chances he won against Maccabi Tel Aviv which may have bought him more time but the game at the Metropolitano may be a nail in the coffin for him and you have really have rumors like they having talks with um, Marcelino Garcia, who has been coach of Villarreal before, who has been coach of Valencia, and who has also coached Athletic Club, and who recently was coach of Marseille before he, he resigned. So, Kelf, what do you think Athletic fans should expect from Villarreal? Because they are Villarreal are coming to one of the most informed teams in the league and one of the most informed teams at home in the world. So, what do you think Athletic can expect from Villarreal, given that Villarreal are kind of out of form and also struggling mentor-wise? Uh, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, this is not uh, the Villarreal that maybe some Atleti fans would have seen over the past three, four, five years even. Um, this is normally a club that's um, incredibly well run, with a clear identity on, on the way they play and, and and linking everything together in terms of the youth side and, and signing players that you don't really know about, but they show their their quality, but that's not the case, unfortunately, at the moment. Villarreal are uh, they're in a mess. There's no other way to to word it. There's been lots of rumours, as you said, about Pachetta not carrying on and Marcelino uh, coming back, but he did leave Villarreal in a very bad way back in um, back in 2016. But I think for you guys, I mean, Villarreal have good players, you know. Uh, uh, Parejo, uh, Gerard Moreno, Soloff up front has, has had a very good season. So there's definitely quality in attack, but defensively they're a mess and you're one of the top scoring teams in in Europe. So if you guys play to your level and certainly in attack play your way, you'll win this game comfortably. Ooh. Well, Kev, uh, you know, as an Atleti fan, beating Villarreal comfortably is not obviously something we used to because in the Cholo era, I think you have... Um, seven teams who have beaten Aleti at home out of, I think, is it 40-something? And Villarreal, one of those teams who have beaten Aleti more than once at home. I think there was a period where we went over four to five seasons without beating them at all. So, despite the fact that they are languishing, they are struggling at the moment, Aleti fans, I think, I am speaking for myself, we are worried because we know how they are. And like you said, they have quality in Gerard Moreno, who almost um, started a comeback in their home defeat against Aleti Bibao with a very good goal and He's been one of the players who have been very good. It's just that he's been playing more out of position on the left, which is something I don't think suits him more and which is also a reason why I think maybe bringing in Marcelino back 
will benefit him because of the 442 and him play more centralized where he has a lot of impact on how the team plays. So, like you said, Aliti are in form and hopefully we can uh, win that game to keep our winning streak alive and also keep in touch with those at the top because Girona is a very good team. Real Madrid, same. And Barcelona, despite the fact that they are struggling with Against Real Sociedad, so Kel for final at the end of the podcast, and it's been a joy speaking to you. I think this is the best we have had as of yet. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, thank you so much for in, inviting me back. It's always great to to speak uh, Atleti, all things Atleti with uh, with you, and, it, and it's even better now because you guys are, are in fantastic form. You're having a a great season, you're you're competitive in everything, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it'll be an interesting game at the weekend. Just quickly going back to that, but if you guys play at, at your level, I do think you'll win comfortably. And I know that you know you were saying that oh we struggle against Villarreal, but I go back to the first point I made. This is not the Villarreal that we normally expect. This is not the Villarreal that me and you have seen for for a very, very long time compete and and, and overachieve in, in so many ways. This is a very real that's struggling. This is a very real that, that need a complete rebuild in so many ways and that will take a couple of seasons. But um, but you guys will... And, and also you're at the Metropolitano as well. So um, I don't see... And your next, uh, your next uh, two are at home as well. So you've got two different different tests but two tests that uh, you should come through with uh, flying colors yeah hopefully um, we do that so Kevin, the last question before you go do you think that the metropolitano is at the level of the Cardinal at the moment in um, terms of atmosphere well it's better because you guys are, are winning more that's that's obvious um I'm not an Atleti uh, fan, so um, I won't be able to say definitively if it's the level of the Calderon. The Calderon, even though I, I grew up in England, I never got the opportunity to go. But the Calderon was was special. You could you could sense it whenever I watched La Liga as a as a young kid. You could sense the feeling that the Calderon was was special. And and this is going back to a period where you know you, know, you guys were were not at the level for 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 a summer you were not at the level that. You are now, so um, you'd have to ask Atleti fans. You'd have to ask Atleti fans that went week in, week out to the Calderon, and go week in, week out um, to the uh, Metropolitano. But is it is is the level at the Metropolitano now as close as it's been since you've left the Calderon? Probably yes. Fair enough. Well, the fans have been noisy, and you can see that in our performances at home, and also from the players' feedback. So, Kev, looking forward to when next you come on the podcast. Absolutely, can't 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 wait. Yeah, we talk everything Aliti here. So, my attempt to convert into Aliti fan just so well, I'll keep on trying. <laughs> Patido, Patido, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, thank you for listening to the Patido, Patido podcast. And remember, Nunca, they had a great. Never stop believing. See you next time.